Hello friends, Sagan here. Welcome back to Indie Author Weekly, where I share my behind-the-scenes journey of writing and self-publishing books. If you are new to this podcast, I am a productivity strategist for multi-passionate creatives at saganmorrow.com. I help people manage their time and energy effectively through customized, actionable strategies that work for your unique life and business. When I'm not teaching about productivity to solopreneurs, I spend my time writing romance novels and occasionally business books. And that is what this podcast is all about, the adventures of the author life. Now let's get into this episode of the Indie Author Weekly Podcast. Today I want to share about my most recent writing and editing process and the general experience that I had with writing my upcoming romantic comedy, Her Bad Idea. Release day is just one week from today. I am so excited. I can't wait. You can pre-order this slow burn, forced proximity, enemies to lovers, fake relationship rom-com at your favorite ebook store, or you can just visit saganmorrow.com books. I will give you all of those links in the show notes of this episode too. By the way, I read a brief excerpt from this story in episode 72 of this Indie Author Weekly podcast, so you can tune into that episode if you are curious to learn more about Her Bad Idea and get a little teaser of part of the book. Also, you can now get the first chapter of the book for free on the secret version of this podcast at saganmorrow.com slash secretpodcast. Or you can just bypass that. You can just pre-order the book directly at saganmorrow.com books for only $2.99, which is probably the best idea. Okay, let's dive into my experience with writing this book. I actually started outlining and writing it back in November. So that was quite a while back for me. Um, I normally write books a lot quicker than this. This has been the longest that I've ever spent um, working on a book. So you can learn more about the planning process for Her Bad Idea in episode 52 of this Indie Author Weekly podcast. That's kind of where I shared about um, outlining and, and planning the book. I worked on writing the book here and there pretty much every month of this year, but I actually wrote the majority of it in May, um, and then I did a ton of rewrites and edits this past July. So we're now into August, so it's, you know, it was working on snippets here and there, but then I I did much more condensed amounts of writing and editing um, during those two months of May and July. It ended up taking me about 85 hours in total to write and edit this novel, which is by far the most I've spent working on any book project to date. Let me tell you, writing a romance novel during a pandemic is hard. Like, really hard. I was living by myself up until July, and I haven't been dating anyone since the pandemic, I'm quite certain that there would be some very different scenes in Her Bad Idea if it weren't for the pandemic, to be honest. Um, anyway, that's that's a really big part of why it took me such a long time to write this book. You know, we're going through this whole experience where collectively we all have low energy levels and all these kinds of things, um, and it was it was just tricky to write this book, and I'm just really glad that 
I was able to actually write it and get past that sort of um, creative barrier that I was coming up against. Another reason why it did take me a little bit longer than usual to write this book is that I was very focused for the first part of this year on building up other parts of my business, um, particularly the area where I teach about productivity to solopreneurs. And I was really focused on that because I wanted to create a stronger financial foundation for developing the authorpreneur side of my business. So I was kind of preparing to be able to spend a little bit more time on my books by having that kind of financial buffer. Um, I'm happy to share more about that in a future episode if you're interested in learning about that, if you're interested in hearing about that sort of um, behind-the-scenes element of my business. You can just let me know if you're interested. Um, Reach out on Twitter or Instagram at SaganLives, and I can totally do an episode on that in the future. Okay, so when I finally finished writing a good enough first full draft of the book in early June, I printed it out. I always like working from a printed version of the book when I have a, you know, full draft to work from. At that point, I read through that printed version and I used color coding to organize my thoughts and ideas. So it was basically partway between a developmental edit and a copy edit. At this stage, I was making notes of what I wanted to change rather than actively making the changes in the moment. So here's how my color coding worked in the print version of the book. I used a green pen to circle word choices I wanted to improve. Um, I also used the green pen to put a star next to sentences that had kind of an awkward structure to them. With my green pen, I also circled any typos I found, and I jotted down some quick notes in the margins for anything that I wanted to remind myself about for the next draft um, of working on the book. Then I used an orange pen to draw a quick star next to anything that I wanted to make sure I mentioned later on in the book. So for example, at the beginning of Her Bad Idea, Scarlett, the main character, is convinced that she lacks time, but by the end of the story, she starts to realize that she has a time management problem. The orange pen was a way for me to double check that I remembered to tie it all together by the end of the story. So I liked using it when I wanted to refer back to something later on in the story. I just, you know, drew a quick little orange star, um, and that way I could double check that I didn't leave any loose ends just sort of hanging there. I drew pink stars next to sections where I wanted to add more humor. The first couple drafts of this story just weren't as funny as I intended, but there were still lots of opportunities for humor in various scenes. Um, This is pretty common, I would say. I definitely want to do an episode all about this topic, but I would say that this is pretty common for a lot of uh, writers in the comedy sort of genre in general. Um, You need to improve on your jokes, right? They're, they're probably not going to be quite fleshed out the first time around. Um, so that was kind of an area that I just need to improve on. Um, and that's pretty much, you know, with every, with every first draft, I always know that I'll be building on the humor from there. And finally, I drew blue stars next to sections that could be made a little bit sexier. (laughs) The first couple drafts of this book were not sexy at all. Like I said, it's challenging to write a romance novel during a pandemic when you can't get inspiration from going on dates and that kind of thing. 
Um, and again, as with the humor, there were many dif- there were many scenes that had a lot of opportunity for steamier moments or just a little bit more tension. So I used the blue pen to mark up those areas. After I went through the entire printed version and marked it up with my colored pens, I opened up the digital version of it and I began reading every single sentence out loud. So I made changes anytime I read something that felt weak or stilted or awkward. I also used this time to incorporate all of the edits that I've written on the printed version of the book, so I went through them simultaneously. Then, after doing this for each chapter, I did this chapter by chapter, I would then plug in that chapter, that chapter into Hemingway app, and I would remove or replace a few adverbs because sometimes I can be a bit heavy-handed with adverbs. I really love my adverbs. (laughs) Okay, so while I was doing this, I jotted down on paper any time that I noticed repeated words used again and again. Um, There are some character actions that kept coming up on a routine basis. For example, in the first draft of the book, the main love interest smirks, he just was smirking constantly. Um, And I like having particular uh, gestures or expressions and that kind of thing that a character uses. That's kind of like their main thing that they do. But it was a little bit overboard for the first draft. So um, making notes of these kinds of things, once I just started to notice them, that made it a lot easier for me to go back through the book in a different round of edits later on and play with the word choice a little bit, um, get a little bit more descriptive and that kind of thing. After that, I went back through the entire book and reread it all again. Uh, And at this point, I was tightening it up a little bit more. And I also gave it to my spouse, Mr. Science, so that he could read it and I wanted to get his feedback on it. My main goal with every book that I write is that it's better than the previous book that I published. That's really how I know that I'm improving as a writer and as a storyteller. So when I gave the book to him, I had many other questions that I wanted him to answer, but ultimately I wanted his feedback on whether he thought it was better than my previous book. He's very honest, especially when I, when I request specific, um, specific or direct answers like that. So this worked really well. And it was actually interesting because when I gave the book to him, you know, he read it and I said, okay, so is this better than the previous books? And he sort of paused and he was like, I think this is as good as your last one. And I was like, okay, but it's not better. And he was like, it's as good as that one. And so that was a really great opportunity for me to realize that I just, I needed to step it up a little bit. Um, And so I did quite a few rewrites after like at that point you know he gave me some feedback he was like oh I didn't think that this was as um as funny or as steamy that kind of thing um and that was really helpful so I definitely tightened up the book at that point from there so that was good um it's really you know if you're going to get someone to read your book before publishing it you definitely want someone to be honest about those kinds of things um and they can like give you that little extra push right so that's that's really great now something that i caught myself doing during one of these rounds of edits um you know some of these things were happening at the same time so when mr science was was reading through the book i was still working on these edits so i'd actually updated some of the things um while he was in the process of reading 
a previous version of it. Um, and so a lot of like these edits, these drafts, I never really go through it as like, oh, this is my first draft. This is my second draft. This is my third draft. It doesn't really happen like that. I go through it and I'm just kind of constantly reworking it and revising it. Um, so it's difficult for me to really pinpoint one draft compared to another because it's just sort of like this this constant continual work in progress when I'm in that process of writing and editing a book. But something that I caught myself doing while I was, you know, working through these edits, I was it was during a few of these rounds of edits, I found myself putting pressure on myself in an unproductive way. So I caught myself doing this. I would find myself thinking, oh, what will people say in their reviews during XYZ scene, right? I was really concerned about what book bloggers might write in their reviews. Or I'd be thinking, oh no, like maybe readers won't interpret this the way that I intend them to. And when I caught myself worrying about these kinds of things, I realized that I was going about it all wrong. For one thing, we can never predict what readers are going to think when they're reading our books, right? We, we have no idea what they're going to think. And for another thing, books are subjective. One person might think that, it, that it's a five-star book, whereas another reader might give it one star. It's impossible to please everyone, and that's okay. The best thing that you can do as the author is to not worry or wonder about what anyone else will think. Write the book according to your standards. Ask yourself this simple question. Do you like your book? If you enjoy your book, then I'm willing to bet there are many other readers out there who will love it too. Don't let your insecurities get in the way. There are so many readers out there who are waiting impatiently for you to publish your book. Okay, so that's a, that's a little pep talk. This is a pep talk that I had to give myself, and I'm willing to bet that if you are a writer or really any kind of creative, you probably need that pep talk too. Okay, so the next thing that I did as I'm going through, you know, another round of book edits, um, I did a search for the com the commonly used words and gestures. So that was, you know, I jotted down that list during a previous edit when I was working on the print version of the book. Um, and so now I actually looked at that list and I figured out which ones I was overusing by doing a search on the digital version. And I replaced some of those words with other options. Um, and it was also kind of funny because, you know, as I was doing this search, there were certain words that I was sure I was using, I was overusing, and then I realized I only used that word like three times in the book. So it's it's kind of funny, and this is like a really good reminder to take a step back um, from that sort of creative process because we get a little bit too deep into it sometimes, and um, you need to take yourself out of it. And doing things like an, an actual search of the digital version will show you the facts of the matter rather than what your impression is, if that makes sense. Okay, the next thing that I did was to read through all of the previous books in the series once again. So that's six books that I've already written and published in the series. And because at this point, you know, Her Bad Idea my upcoming book, it was very fresh in my head because I've been doing a lot of writes and, and rewrites and edits. And 
as a result, I wanted to do a quick skim of the previous books in the series to make sure that I didn't have any consistency errors and also to make sure that I wasn't reusing a particular line from a previous book. This is interesting. Often, when I'm writing one book, I'll get some kind of an idea for a future book. So I will write that line or that little bit of dialogue down in like this in some kind of a document. But this also becomes a problem, right? Now that I'm seven books in, there are some scenes or snippets of dialogue that I might have written for book seven back when I was working on book two, right? So that's a long period of time. That's like more than a year. And because I've written some of the scenes or the concepts so far in advance, when I'm working through the rewrites, some of it almost seems too familiar. And then I get a little bit worried that a new character in book seven is repeating a line that a different character said three books ago. (laughs) But no, right? It ends up actually being this just because I wrote the idea or scene down such a long time ago. Um, But even so, it just helps put my mind at ease when I double check the previous books, just in case. Now, at this stage, I had done you know, a lot of rewrites and edits, of course. Um, So I was really coming up to the end of the book editing process. So I did a final couple of run-throughs by reading the book on my Kobo. I uploaded it to Kobo so that I could actually see what the reader experience would be like. And I read through it while I was listening to the playlist that I created for it. Um, You can listen to that playlist that playlist on Spotify by visiting saganmorrow.com slash playlist seven. And that's the number seven. And I tweaked a few areas here and there while I was while I was reading through the book. Um, I wanted to listen to the playlist um, to make sure that the songs all sounded good together and that they were sort of coming out, that they were happening at around the right parts of the book, which of course will vary depending on how fast a person reads. Um, but I was, I was tweaking a few areas of the book here and there, um, doing little proofreads of it. So sometimes I found myself, you know, reading through, through the book on my Kobo and I was thinking, you know what? I actually don't like that particular sentence after all. So I cut it out altogether. Um, or I'd realized that there was a really great opportunity for a sexier or a higher tension moment. So I'd add in one extra sentence. Um, and that kind of thing. Just just little tweaks here and there. The final proofread of this book, while listening to the complete playlist, happened just last week, after I let the book sit for a couple weeks. I wanted to be able to read through it with fresh eyes for that final proofread. That was really where I was just checking for typos and the formatting to make sure that everything looked good on the Kobo. And I think I only caught, I think there was only like one, maybe two typos in the entire book at that point that I caught, um, which I was pretty pleased about because that was after I'd given my eyes a break from reading the book. I let it sit for two weeks. um, So that was really good. If you do your proofread too close to your previous rewrites and edits, um, there's a much greater chance that you will miss typos because you won't be looking at, at it with those fresh eyes. Okay, so... There you have it. That was my experience. That was my process with writing and rewriting and editing Her Bad Idea. That's that's it in a nutshell. 
You can pre-order Her Bad Idea before the August 25th release day on your favorite ebookstore platform, or you can just visit saganmorrow.com books. Um, the links are there, and I will also pop all of those links in the show notes for this episode. I have a big goal of getting on the Amazon bestseller list for romantic comedies with this book. I really want to get on that bestseller list um, next week, the week of the book launch. Um, So the more book sales, the better, right? The more sales that I can get of Her Bad Idea, the, of course, the greater the chance that I will get on that bestseller list. Um, So please do consider buying this book telling your friends to buy this book. Um, Maybe you could even buy a copy or two for some friends. All of these things will help me achieve that goal. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you so, so much for buying this book. And, you know, this story is such a fun, lighthearted read. It's really, it's really fun. Um, One advanced reader already made the comment about how much she really enjoyed having an escape from everything that's going on in the world right now. So if you want to, you know, enjoy a little escape from the pandemic, from everything that's going on right now, if you want to spread some humor and joy and fun, then ordering copies of Her Bad Idea and telling your friends about it is a great way to do just that. And again, the links to buy it are in the show notes. Now, I would love to hear your thoughts on all of this. Connect with me on Twitter and Instagram at SaganLives to chat about it. And you can send me a message on either of those platforms if you have requests for future episode topics too. The more that you tell me what you would like to see more of on this podcast, the better I can accommodate that. If you want me to elaborate on anything I mentioned here, I'm also happy to do so. Just let me know. You can also submit your questions or topic ideas anonymously at saganmorrow.com question. If you enjoyed this episode, please take two minutes to share this podcast on social media and subscribe and rate it on Apple Podcasts. Anytime you share it or leave a rating or a review, it helps more listeners find the Indie Author Weekly podcast, so every bit counts. I really appreciate your support. By the way, you can access complete word-for-word transcripts of this episode and all past episodes, plus sample chapters of my romantic comedies and a few other bonuses and goodies on the secret version of this podcast. Get access to all of that at saganmorrow.com slash secret podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Indie Author Weekly Podcast, and I will see you in the next episode.